This is Y-Tune Shuffle. Y-Tune Shuffle, it's the music that informs our lives. The rules here are that there are no rules other than just bring in your music, mm. hit play. We- and then we get to pick your brain about why those songs. I saw you there in your hiding place where you were scared of being found. These ladies generously allowed us to use this song as the final song in my movie. It's very cool. And I'm telling you, people, when they get to the end of my movie, tears. Is that what you wanted your audience to do? Tears are rolling down their face. Welcome to Y-Tunes Shuffle, a celebration of the music that inspires our lives. With your host, comedian and radio personality, Maggie Mayfield, and Hollywood's secret weapon, David Earl Waterman. This is Y Tunes Shuffle. I'm looking forward to just actually having a good conversation and uh, and just okay, well, mess, you're not going to find around. that. Here. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> it's another episode of Y Tunes Shuffle. Can we start, David? Is that all right? On your mark, get set. Y Tunes <laughs> Shuffle. My name is Maggie Mayfield, your host. Excited to be sitting next to the Hollywood secret weapon, David Earl Waterman. Thank you very much. Not a serial killer. Wow, we're going to bring that right up. <laughs> Those of you that, that, that tuned into the last episode, our, our guest could not get enough of my middle name being that that would be synonymous so, with a serial killer. It's just funny because it makes you so mad. Makes me mad. I'm just turning red because the air conditioner's turned down low. No, you are forever in my heart as Hollywood's did, secret weapon. Did it read? Did it read that I was annoyed? <laughs> Just and I, this is like the third time now that we've brought it up. <laughs> well, he brought it up seven times. times. I wish I wish our listeners could see my my sort of cock annoyed. Yeah, I'm sorry, I shouldn't be laughing this hard. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, serial We're getting killing. off topic. Okay, oh, stop yeah. it. I could put my mother into a suitcase and bury her. I sure could. Oh, those poor old people I drugged. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm just ripping. So we brand uh, new show, brand new experience here at Y Tunes in the Shuffle. We're a little bit giddy today. Oh. It's a Tuesday night, and it's the is it Tuesday. No, it's Thursday night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, boy. Oh man, first day of summer. It's hot. The heat has gotten to our head, and we're so excited that you made the drive in studio with us, Matt. Browning, welcome. How, how could I avoid hanging out with a would-be serial killer with a name like that? I'm wow. so excited to be here. There goes the whole. I just want you to know how happy I am. Three. I will. You know, Hollywood secret serial killer. Look, I listened to that episode on the way up here, and, and I that's just... what stuck with you. Well, what stuck with me was I, I thought to myself, "Oh no, <laughs> what am I getting myself into?" <laughs> I can't win for losing. I, I wonder what's going to happen to me. So Matt is a very special guest for a couple of different reasons. Not only are you a successful entrepreneur, you're also an author. You go nationally speaking in front of large groups of audiences. But Matt is an old friend of mine. Drinking buddy. An old, well, can we say that? <laughs> I mean, well, I don't, I don't know. Are, are we live? Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. Yeah, there was a period in time where we would drink and we would hang out together. Well, I, I mean, I, I all old friends probably had that in there, but that was <laughs> a text we got, uh, you know, regarding where did you guys meet? Where? So, at your house, I think. I think it might have been at the house. It, it was, either that or it was a bar, but probably the house. Orange yeah. County. Orange, Orange County, County, California. California. R- around what time? 
How long ago was it? You had to be, I think, I, were you 21 or no, 19? I mean, no, what, I was no, what time of day? 19. What time of day was it? Oh. No, no, I'm kidding. You were 19? I was 19. 3 p.m. My, <laughs> my best friend had just turned 21, so we were using her ID to get in everywhere because we looked a lot alike. And I wound up meeting a guy uh-huh. who I, I was so dumb for, you know, like your first dumb guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so... I wound up following this person everywhere, and we actually became very, very good friends. You I were the consider- dumb guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I we are like brother sister now. Mm-hmm. Like he's just so we're just such good good friends. Um, I care for him a lot, and Matt and Guy were. Can we? Can I say it? This is, is this an anonymous podcast? No, 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 or? it's not. Uh, so uh, I guess it's like public. I guess yeah, we can put a shout out. So Mark knows. He, he knows does. that I was like so crazy for him for years. So Maggie would show up everywhere. So Mark lived with me and some <laughs> he was other your people, okay. right? So I used to be in real estate, and so by the time I was twenty five, I had a bunch of houses, and I just like I got this money thing figured out, I guess. And don't worry, I lost it after that. It was fine. Oh, thank God. Yeah. I was about to say. <laughs> I lived in 2008 like everybody else. Uh-huh. But but that was pre-2008. Yeah. So so I have this like house with a pool with lights that change colors and, oh, that was and awesome. a built-in bar and all this like really neat stuff. She had a pool table. And, and a pool table. So every 4th of July, St. Patrick's Day, Flag Day, Columbus Day, whatever it was, it was an excuse for everyone to hang out at the house. Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> Thursday. And uh, so we'll tell more of that story probably in one of the songs. Okay. Uh, I'm sure it's coming. Oh, but okay, cool. And yeah. this is Orange County? Orange County. Yeah. Right Believe on, it or not, there's right a fun that happens south of LA. Oh, loads of fun. In Orange <laughs> I loved you know that house so much. And Matt was awesome enough to allow us to use that space to put on a huge fundraiser. It was like a black and white gala that we threw there. That's right. Do that you was, remember? Of course I do. That wow. was 2005 after Hurricane Katrina. Yeah. So we thought, you know, we have a lot of friends in this big circle of people. So... We decided, and, and most of us honestly wouldn't like dress up really, really nice, um, even though I had an office and a business and everything. Yeah. But we threw this fundraiser to raise money for Hurricane Katrina, and everybody pitched in. Everyone dressed up really nice. Uh, some people went out. Do you remember what you got for the party? Like somebody went out and, and got ice sculptures donated. Someone else got, you know, gift baskets and all these things donated. Yeah. And we had this really great uh, gala basically at the house. It was amazing. <laughs> and I want to say we raised. Three thousand, thirty yeah. five hundred, yeah. something yeah, three, like that. Three and four thousand dollars, and then we put every so penny special, right to. Yeah, we did our research and picked a charity that was not the Red Cross, but yes. that was doing. I think like ninety nine percent or a hundred percent of those proceeds was going right to Hurricane Katrina. I can't you remember that? That's exactly. I, I don't remember the charity name off the top of my head. They were in San Diego. I do know that. But they were amazing, and and ninety seven or ninety nine percent of the proceed, uh, any money raised, went directly to helping you know uh, people on the ground for the disaster mm-hmm. relief. So amazing. yeah, that was a really proud moment. It was a lot of fun because yeah. we were like we we're kids that were you know twenty one to twenty five years old, and we're like you know let's do something. Mm-hmm. That is pretty amazing. Yeah, I I, I I mean I remember Katrina. I was on the road, and I had I had been to New Orleans like the year before, and then it was two or three years before I got to go back. But yeah, I mean the the relocation that was a really difficult time in history, and yeah. all over Houston, all over Texas, people were flooding in from Louisiana. I, man, well done. Yeah, jeez. But from there, you got out of real estate. I love this story so much, and you said it was okay to tell it off the air, so I want you to tell it in because I can never get enough <laughs> of this story. But how you left real estate, and then you decided you wanted to become essentially like a life coach. That that was that was my mission. So so I, I grew up real kind of the brief part of it is I grew up in a family that didn't have a lot of money, but we weren't broke. You know, 
like I had toys at Christmas, so mm-hmm. like it wasn't destitute or anything. But it was also it was always tied around money. So mm-hmm. like for instance, you know, my dad would if I didn't finish my Fruit Loops uh, milk, he'd be mad and be like, "You got to finish that. That's fourteen cents in the bowl." And then he would drink it if I didn't, or save it in the fridge for three days. No, right? I know. I yeah, I can relate. But you are that dad. Well, no, <laughs> I'm. <laughs> Our dads are the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah it, but it, it was that mentality because my grandma went you know Great Depression grandmother. Sure, and my sure. dad was like, "Well, that that's how we live." Mm-hmm. So when I turned eighteen, I was like, "I." I don't hate it, but I just want to be able to make my own way. I want to be able to pay. If I want to get fried chicken, I'm going to buy fried chicken. If I want to yeah. throw my milk down the sink, I'm going to throw my milk down the sink. I hear you. So so pretty quickly, I had this drive inside me. If I want to improve my station in life and become better, whatever. But at, the, at that age, it was all, well, financial is how you do it. Mm-hmm. So I started mentoring with these two brothers that worked in the mortgage business and real estate. I learned everything I could about it. And by 19, I bought my first house. 21, I bought another one. And by 25, I had $5 million in property. And I was like on this, and I was running my own business for three years. And I don't say that to impress anyone because I don't, I don't know. It's just my story. It's what I did. But it was interesting to see how much like success was driving me. And then I made the biggest mistake of my life. I went to a seminar <laughs> with Tony Robbins, who you asked about earlier. So after all of that success yeah. and, and sort of self-made person... You still felt compelled to even raise the bar higher, right? Well, I, th- I think it, it, it was moving the bar to another mountain, right? Uh-huh. It, it was like, uh, you know, the old metaphor of you lean a, a ladder against the building and you get to the top and you go, crap, I'm on the wrong building. For me, it was like that. I got to the top of the mountain and said, is, is this all there is? Like, is this the reason why I've been doing this? Mm-hmm. Just to have a Mercedes, mm-hmm. just to have whatever I had, just to have the house, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And there was a, a lot of good that came out of it, certainly. But inside, I just thought, this isn't why I'm really here on this earth. Do you know what I mean? Like, I do. That's not the reason. Mm-hmm. And I went to the seminar with Tony, if you have Tony Robbins with the big hands, big teeth, huge head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> huge. He, no, if you see the guy in person, he's, I mean, I, I love him, dude, like, but it's so big. And, and it just, like, it, it's. Like ego big or like physically big? No, no, physically big. Okay. Physically big headed yeah. guy. Yeah. yeah. Well, he has yeah. two runs pituitary and he's, he's still growing. He never, he decided to leave it be. Wow. So is like, that what the deal is? Okay. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay. So, so his organs would grow, his chest grows bigger. You know, so over time, if you look at him in his twenties versus now, it's just it, so it's bigger. But the point of the story is, <laughs> I remember sitting in a room with him about forty people once. We were in um, where were we? Bora Bora. We were doing. I, I went to his little like um, his platinum partnership program, which was oh uh, right, like his high end mentoring basically. Mm-hmm. And we travel around the world and do these different things with him. Wow. And I remember just like sitting there one day just going, oh my gosh, I thought I was going to come here to be like a bigger real estate guy. And I just, I looked at what he was doing with people, which was helping them out of depression, helping them change bad habits, helping marriages heal, or some, in some cases, a divorce had to happen because there was abuse and, and, but it happened. Mm -hmm. Um, He would help people make changes. And I just looked at that in an instant. I thought that matters and buying another house doesn't and so from that moment forward i said i'm going to become a life coach like like it was my you know superman like i'm going to be a life coach i'm going to change people's lives and i set out to do that and for two years i made 900 dollars coaching <laughs> not a month not a day but in, in, in the entire two years i had three clients two of them were free and one paid me 900 for like sixteen thousand sessions wow got her money's worth but i just set out on that road and that was 12 years ago to just say, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I want to make a difference and I want to help people. And and can, I saw the way he did it, so that's what I'm doing. Can you tell the Australia story? How long do we have? <laughs> I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell it short. It's a 27-hour flight. It's like, so I it's- lo- yeah, right. I love this story. 
so so I, I guess probably the part of the story is so I told you I made nine hundred dollars. I'm gonna keep looking at you, Dave, because you don't you haven't heard any of this before. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll pretend that, that it's brand new for you too, Maggie. Um, so I am. It's 2006. I start my life coaching seminar company, doing personal development trainings and helping change lives. And I make no money, but I didn't do it for the money, right? Right, right. The problem is I also didn't do real estate anymore. So I was losing money hand over fist in my, in my brokerage that I owned at the time. I was a you know, mortgage broker, real mm -hmm. estate broker, and I didn't sell houses when I should have sold them. So they, you know, all of a sudden dropped in value and 2007 rolled around. And it, I don't think it was the economy. I want to always make sure I don't blame the economy. It was my choices to move into, into another direction. Mm -hmm. And I just cut it out. So now I'm losing well over a million and a half dollars in, in net worth. So I'm broke. I'm in the hole. I'm living in my buddy's trailer in his driveway. Not Whoa. my trailer, not my driveway. I went from the house with the pool that changes colors to living in a trailer trying to uh, scavenge my old cupboards for Easy Mac to have a meal. Have you ever eaten Easy Mac, Dave? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Have you eaten Easy Mac? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in radio. Of course I have. <laughs> With a head of iceberg lettuce on the side on a yeah. good week. Yeah. Yeah. And, and man, I'll never forget this. I remember I didn't break in technically, but I basically broke into my old house that uh, that was being short sold and the utilities are turned off. And I, I went into the cupboards and I found there was some boxes of Easy Mac left over from an old roommate. Oh. It, absolutely true story. I went over and I said, you know what? There's still stuff in the house. I said, you know what? I'm broke. I have no money. I'm starving. I'll eat the Easy Mac. And I go get a pan and I fill it with some water, some water jugs because water was turned off. I put the Easy Mac um, kernels in it or the noodles, whatever you want to call those. Sure, sure. Went to turn on the stove and the stove doesn't work. So I looked at this pan of watery, hard noodles and Easy Mac and a packet of cheese-like substance, whatever that was, it wasn't yeah. actual cheese. And I don't know why to this day, I think I wanted to self-sabotage or something, but I poured the cheese stuff in there and stirred it up, and I took one big bite of the crunchy, nasty noodles with the nasty coagulated cheese powder, Ugh. and I can literally still taste it right now. And that was the moment I said, oh, I have to figure this thing out. Like, if I'm going to change people's lives for a living, I can't keep living like this. And I realized I had this, I know this isn't like a personal development podcast, but let's pretend for a second. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I had this belief that you either make money and you hate your life and or it's not meaningful or you do what you're passionate about and you change the world, but you have to be broke because if you care about money, you can't care about people, which I think today we can look at that and say, well, that's kind of silly. Like, couldn't you help people and couldn't you still make a good living? But it took me a couple of years to figure that out. Right. So... Anyway, that was the Easy Mac story that led me to Australia. I sent an email to someone I had met over there a long time ago, and he ran seminars. So I said, hey, I speak. I'm a big speaker now. I spoke in front of like six people, inclu <laughs> including my parents <laughs> at my first seminar. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, he said, well, yeah, we have a seminar coming up. I said, how many people? He said, oh, about 400. I said, oh, okay. He said, how many people you you spoke in front of 400? I said, oh, yeah, I've spoken in front of four people. <laughs> four <laughs> I, under my breath, I said four to six. <laughs> but he said, okay, yeah, well, we'll test you out as a speaker. Why don't you come out? I said, okay, great. And I I closed my, my, my computer, and I thought, how am I going to get to Australia? I'm dead broke. I don't have any money. So I won't bore you with all the details, but I basically scrounged up, borrowed, scrimped, and found money for a plane ticket to get over to Australia. I land there. I land in Melbourne, Australia. Never forget. 
I go to the ATM because I figured, hey, I should try to get some money out. I didn't, you know, this is even before, you know, smartphones and bank apps and everything. Yeah, yeah. So I go put in my uh, ATM card and it goes, eh, 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 <gasps> negative $200 in my account. No. So, cool. Yes. And then I thought, oh, I'm a business owner, right? I have a business check card for my life coaching company. So I put that in the ATM, eh, 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 negative $250. Oh. I have $40 Australian cash in my pocket. Nowhere to sleep that night, and I am going to go try to change people's lives on stage the next day. So I find myself walking around. And I found a hostel, and the, the sign at the hostel said $33 for a bed. Jeez. So I have how much? I'm like, 40 bucks. So long story short, I walk up there, and I say, I'll take a bed. And she looks at me and says, that'll be 53 bucks. And I was like, that was my face. I said, what do you... I, I thought it was 33. Not that it's a big deal. You're not trying to be humble, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> not that it's a big deal. And she said, oh, don't, no problem. It's $33, but there's a $20 key deposit. Don't worry. You'll get it back when you check out, mate. And I was like, well, mate. <laughs> I, I, I literally didn't have the extra $20 to give to get back the next day. So I said, no, thanks. I didn't know what to do. So I went and got Chinese food. Because <laughs> what else are you going to do, right? I figured it's seven bucks. It was hot. Lots of it. The MSG would probably keep me warm at night or something if I had to sleep outside. I don't know. Oh, man. You know, but, but uh, it, it, was, it was a hard moment. But what finally happened is I, I looked out. I got out to that crowd and I just looked out and, and, and I saw people that I knew I could teach something. And I wasn't teaching financial mindset, right? Because I didn't have it. They wanted me to. They wanted me to, it was a financial seminar and they said, teach financial mindset. And I was like, ah. So I taught about the thing I knew, which was looking for patterns hidden under the surface of how we behave, how we act, what our vision is for life. And, and I shared some story about how I basically chased my dream to be a coach and gave up everything that I had built my entire life at that point. I know it was a short life at that point, but I gave up everything I built. And people rallied and loved it and, and they were inspired and they signed up to take my trainings. And I, I was really proud because at the end of that talk, I sold $58,000. I offered a training and then people said yes to it. $58,000 in one hour. And that was a breaking point for me. That was a moment when I realized, you know what? The world is oftentimes backwards. And I think sometimes we look at how the world is set around money and around meaning and around what we're meant to do. And we have this weird division where you have to pick one or the other. Mm-hmm. And I don't like not to sound too inspirational, but I, like I believe in a world where like what if the school teachers made more money than the politicians? And, and again, not to go political like I know they do hard work, too. But what if like the people that we look at is the ones who are really creating the future for us? You know, the, the clergy, the good ones. Right. The, mm-hmm. You know, people doing spiritual work, people doing educational work, people doing therapeutic work. Right. The, the emergency workers. What if they made the millions instead of, I don't know. Someone wearing a Nike shooting a basketball. Nothing wrong with LeBron James. Love the Cavs. But, well, I don't love the Cavs. I love, LeBron's great. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. Let's get honest. Wow. Uh, but, right, like, wow. what if, wow. what if someone like that? So that was my journey, and that was about 10 years ago, 2008, when I had, had, had that, uh, that waking up moment of, you know what, what if I could create both? So since then, I've been able to create a fairly lucrative personal development business where I employ, I have a great team that works with me. We've touched thousands and thousands of lives all around the world, put on seminars in 18 cities and four countries. Uh, I put on, at this point, hundreds of, of multi-day the, these workshops and seminars. For they're awesome. People they're to they're really transform their lives. Yeah. So that's what I do. 
So that's the Australia story, I guess. I love that story. I never get tired of hearing that well, story. I, I mean, it, it definitely speaks to like, I mean, yeah. you know, if you're, if I'm going to draw from like a music context, you know, that, that, that sort of nervous shuffle that someone takes out onto the dance floor to do the dance the first time magnified by 10 zillion, you know, I can just only imagine all of the feelings and emotions that were, were carried onto that airplane and, 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 and to muster that kind of energy. And, and I'm curious just to sort of like, you establish hope, you establish, you know, this is an okay thing to be brave. What, 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 what did your dad do for a living? What did your mom do for like, wh- where did you come from and how did that, where do you think that like it was, it certainly, I don't know, it was 14 cents for a thing of milk there, you know, did that help or what was, so like, what was your family like and what role did they play in this? Do you think? Such a great question. So my, my dad, I believe followed, and you have to ask him, I suppose. Uh-huh. But my dad w- followed his mom's theory, which was, you know, when, when she, when my grandma passed away, they had, I won't say how much, but it, w- it was in the seven figures of what they had. And to the last day she lived, she said, oh, we just can't afford that. I'd love to do it, but I can't afford it. Most and, wealthy people are pretty frugal. I'm, oh, so but, I'm told. I mean, un- when my parents got married, mm-hmm. one of the wedding gifts my grandma gave them, which my mom just hated, was towels. But they weren't any towels. They were towels that my grandma poached one by one at hotels and motels they would stay at when they oh traveled. Oh, my gosh. So my mom got a stack of Howard Johnson hotels and, and, and Days Inn hotels and Super 8 hotels and Motel All 6. All these different towels from different... I love her. Yes. I love her. But That's... here's the best part. My mother was like, That's wrong. So she never told my dad until years later, but when they moved out from Ohio to California, she planned the route that they were going to go to, and she made sure that every night they stayed in a different hotel brand, and she left the towels. Oh, my God! Is that the best story? Isn't that the best story? Karma worked in your favor. Yes. Wow. That is so great. So so my mom and dad, definitely, there was some scarcity in money and and, and whatnot. I think my dad always, there was a struggle with like identity and worthiness. Again, just my opinion, right? He, Mm -hmm. He might, he might differ with it. Um, but but the the worthiness of I've created something worthwhile. Mm-hmm. You know, he worked in his dad's business that became you know he and his brother uh, worked with silver refining. Silver refining. Yeah. Okay. So as a kid, I'd go in and help my dad a lot of times at the, sure. at, the at the place. And I, like I remember one time we we went around to chiropractors' offices and we not one time we did this a lot and uh, we'd bring these big you know those eighty gallon uh, barrels of silver. No no no. <laughs> Oh, empty barrels, uh. and we go to chiropractors' offices and ask for their old X-ray film from like years ago, and they give us all the X-ray film. My job for like fifty cents a barrel or something was to strip the the uh, film out of the envelopes, put the envelopes in one, we recycle that paper, and then put the film in the other barrel, and eventually they would melt it down, whatever they would do, and they strip little bits of silver lining from it, wow. mm-hmm. and eventually refine it down to like a tiny little gold bar. So it was that kind of stuff that like we did. So I just always had this this germ of an idea that I want to improve this station in life and I want to thrive. I want to figure out something mm-hmm. more in my life. And it was just little things like that, I suppose. And I don't know if it skips a generation. You know, my dad wanted to conserve, but I wanted to make money so I could spend it. I never balanced a checkbook until I was like 30, 35 years old. Uh, it, it certainly puts I just made con- more money. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, change is possible and growth is definitely possible, but. Let's, um, You're a brave dude, man. Yeah, <laughs> isn't that a great story? Dude. I love that so yeah. much. Yeah. All right, well, let's get into some music, shall we? Let's shall do some we? Music. Song number one. <laughs> 
This is the very first, so so, God rest Tom Petty, I, I, the only entertainment passing that brought tears to my eyes. Oh, wow. And I just, I, I just, I fell in love with him, with his music, with his message, everything about it. But the very first time I heard any Tom Petty song was this one, Make Us a Noise from the Into the Great Wide Open album, 1991. And the reason I heard it was because I was a big pro wrestling fan, still am, huge nerd. I'm, hap- <laughs> I'm going to throw that out there. If anyone in entertainment knows, uh, like have me on your wrestling podcast, I'm in. <laughs> but I, I was always a fan as a kid. So I'd watch like the um, Saturday morning, you know, WWF, right? Wrestling mm-hmm. with Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior and Macho Man Randy Savage and everything. And there was a character, Bret Hart, Bret the Hitman Hart from Calgary, Canada. Mm-hmm. And they did this, they never done this before, but they did this music montage where they did this whole like video package of Bret Hart and all these so I was like this is awesome he's like my favorite guy but they did it to this song wow my mom and I are sitting in our living room watching this because she watched wrestling with me that's cool yeah I was a Randy Savage guy she was a Hulk Hogan guy and uh, <laughs> and, uh, uh you know we watched this this music video and we both looked at each other and we're like this is the coolest song ever but it's the early 90s there's no Spotify or what's the other one the um Shazam. Shazam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you knew yeah. what I was doing with the yep. circle. <laughs> right? There was no Shazam. Right. There was no Google. Right. So we just had to like wait and wait and ask people. And and we just were, we went to Tower Records and we're like looking for like, do you know this song? He says, make us some noise. And finally someone said, oh, that's Tom Petty. <gasps> and we got the End of the Great Wide Open album and wow. it opened up my eyes. And I just thought, I love this. So now, I mean, then I got every album. Um, I hate greatest hits. Like I love, yeah. all, you know what I mean. Like I'm, I'm the B side guy. I yeah. love. Uh, went to Tom Petty concerts a bunch of times. How cool that you discovered that with your mom. With my mom, really over cool. pro neat, wrestling. Really cool. Yeah. Really cool. I remember the moment. That's so sweet. You know, it was a neat moment since we're talking about moments for that. Uh-huh. So it, it was uh, again years later. Now I'm, I'm somewhere around 23, 24. I'm starting to make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Right. Like the song. I'm not making much money. I'm making some noise. Well, I started making money. And I got to take my mom to a Tom Petty concert, just me and her. Wow. And I couldn't get front row tickets, but we were like like eight seats back, right in the pit, like right in the middle. Yeah. And my mom, who like doesn't go to concerts, was just freaking out. And it was just really like, what a cool moment, you know? Like oh, I got yeah. to take my mom out and, and bring her right up in spitting distance to Tom Petty. And she was just over the moon. And, I bet. Like, yeah. I'll never forget that day. And she's, she, your mom and dad are from Ohio. Yeah, well, Jersey, the oh, Jersey? Ohio, yeah, okay. Jer- a lot of a lot of East Coast, and then they met and basically married in Ohio, okay. Cleveland, uh, and then they moved out here when I, I was conceived in Ohio, uh-huh. born in Santa Ana, Orange County. Okay, yeah. okay. So I was kind of right somewhere. I got a root in there. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Very cool. That's a great number one song right there. It is. I I'm just want to g- remind you, David, that there are Y-Tunes nuggets available, so drop a nugget whenever you want to hear more about any of the songs that you hear on the podcast. And if you at home are enjoying the songs as well, I post them all on our blog as well, which you can find when we post this episode later. Songs and nuggets. Songs and nuggets, which are some good nuggets today too. Okay. All right, ready I for song nuggets. number two? Are you, are you ready for song number two? I'm not going to lie. I'm- I was hoping we were going to talk more about wrestling, but go on. Number two. <laughs> I don't have any stories. I just like to talk about it. All right, all right here we go. Song number two. 
This is number two, Maggie. Song. Okay. Okay. David's over there trying to smile. What are you kids doing here? What's going on in that bedroom over there? Every word. Every word. Do it. Do it. Let me. You do it too. Walking through the room, passing out hundred dollar bills, and it kills and it thrills like the horns on my Silverado grill. Terrible song. <laughs> oh my god, big and rich. Can we play the chorus? You're gonna love this, David. Let the shuffle. Might as well karaoke it. Yeah, right. Those is big and rich. Save a horse, ride a cowboy. Oh, yes. Oh, so yeah. what came first, the bumper sticker or the song? The song. Oh, my lord. Yeah. I feel like that's where the bumper sticker came from. Yeah. <laughs> Where's it take you? Where'd you find it? <laughs> <laughs> So the quick backstory is, and you don't know this exactly, but I never liked country. When someone asked me about music and said, what music? I'd always be that little white kid who was like, I like everything about country and rap. You know, like that was my my stock answer. I liked classic rock. I grew up on The Doors, Led Zeppelin, Steve Miller, man, all that kind of stuff. You were a Petty fan, yeah. And obviously Tom Petty. And uh, so, but I, I dated this girl when I was 20 years old and she was really into country. So we had this deal where when we were driving in the car, um, every other song. Right, oh, so I'm like, wow. I got my classic rock song or a punk rock song, so you know, cool. and then she had her her country song, and and then one day it, the virus stuck. It was about three or four months in, and I'm lying in bed and I had this Garth Brooks song stuck in my head, and I was like, Hey, what's the words to that rodeo song again? And she looked at me and like, Oh yeah, <laughs> and, <laughs> right. And then it was on, and then I was like, Oh okay, so I got a Garth Brooks like best of album. And I, I do I like some of these songs. Sure. I, I don't like country, but I like a couple of these songs. And then it just, it just uh, avalanche. The floodgates were open, yeah. And then nice. I just got really into it. I love just all old country, new country, all that stuff. So, um, in back in the time of around the house and around the mid twenties, uh, uh, early twenties, back when we were talking about meeting Maggie, we <laughs> would start going out, like on Thursday nights for karaoke. Yep. And I'm a terrible singer. The swing and door did not do karaoke, but that it was, was the dive Mc, more. Mc, McClure's. McClure's, that's right. McClure's, yeah, McClure's in Tustin, in Tustin California. Yep. It's still right? there. It is, right yeah. off of McFadden and Newport. Go check out McClure's Rock and Roll. Um, <laughs> but we would go like Thursday nights to go karaoke. And then it got kind of bad. And here's what happens. When you suck at karaoke, <laughs> like me, <laughs> well, you just heard me. I hope you didn't. I was trying to back up from the microphone. <laughs> but like... Like, you know, some people say you have the face for radio. Well, like I, I have a, I have a voice for books. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's why I write books. <laughs> That's why I write books, and I, I and I don't and you do this. Don't sing songs. I do not sing songs. Right? <laughs> my, my wife Lola has a voice of an angel. She is absolutely amazing. That's part of the reason why I married her. When when we met, it was because she was singing. I'll talk about her later. But uh, the country thing, it was like I loved karaoke, and I stunk at it. But we just liked to go, and you'd have a drink, and you'd go karaoke, and it wasn't like drunken karaoke. I was never into that. Like, we went, this was a legit karaoke place. Oh, where, it was a stage. 
Yeah. Yeah. Kenny Chesney's got a song called, you know, the uh, big star. It's about being the next big karaoke star. Yeah. And it's like, these are people who are serious. Like, like the people that went up there, like, no, I'm singing this show tune from the heart. And then Mm -hmm. at the end, everybody applauds and goes, wow, you should be on. Mm -hmm. And this is before, you know, the voice and all that kind of stuff. So we just loved it. And then we were like, well, it's Thursday night. Let's go Friday night. It's already the weekend. So we go Thursday and Friday. (laughs) <laughs> and then we'd go Saturday because it was the weekend. And then pretty soon, Saturday was too busy, but we'd go back Sunday nights because it was, hey, Sunday's the low time. You can get some songs in. And then, well, Monday's right after Sunday. And pretty soon we were going every day of the week but Tuesday. Really? Oh, it, it was the best. It was it was some of the most fun times in life because uh-huh. I would I was still a, a mortgage broker and real estate broker and an investor. So I'm the guy who is, like, making a bunch of money and doing the deals or whatever and but every night we just go out and have the most fun ever. And young uh, Margaret Mayfield would be spending time with us and uh-huh. hanging out at the karaoke bar. And that was probably the song that that Mark and I, when you were talking about earlier, right? He's been Mark was my has my been my best friend since I was five years old. Okay, and I'm 38 now, so. Uh-huh. Uh, it's been a little bit. Yeah. It's been a minute, right? Three decades with this guy. <laughs> and so, you know, in our 20s, we just, you know, we were best friends and we just, we'd always do that because that's a duet, big and rich. Yeah. They're, they're okay. two guys singing the song. So mm-hmm. we'd go up and do uh, Willie Nelson and um, Toby Keith, Beer for My Horses. We'd go yeah. up and do Big and Rich. We, you know, whatever, Beastie Boys, uh, uh, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. But that was one of the ones that every night without fail, that song had to be done by somebody. <laughs> I remember the first time I heard that song actually very vividly because I, like you, did not like country at all. And it wasn't until I started working for a country radio station where I was like, oh, this stuff is awesome. And it wouldn't have been until I went to Wisconsin. Um, And we were at the house and you guys were sitting by the pool table. It was like a big party. I'd showed up with underwear. And do you remember Justin? The big. (laughs) Let's clarify. When she says I showed up with underwear. She's talking about the name of a guy. Yeah. Oh, underwear was underwear the guy's is a guy. Just, yeah. Okay. Who I was like, what are you talking about? Who I adored because he was clearly very gay, and we would sing show tunes in my car. Like that's what we that's what we did before we is went into. Is that what his deal was? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I didn't put that together. He wound up like now. he wound up getting married Such and a then great divorced. Guy. Yeah. Super cool guy. Um. But why underwear? Real quick. Because he always got in his underwear. He got oh, he drunk go, and he would be uh, in his uh, underwear. Okay. Like and we, had, go- we had a pool at the house too and a jacuzzi. <laughs> yeah. So he would be like, he well, I got boxers and he'd go in the jacuzzi. And it was Strangely enough, that was the same day that I met Gavin, who is like the most <laughs> aggressive. I know. He's <laughs> like so abrasive, but like he's like the jerk uncle that you love. Like you can't oh, help yeah, but yeah. like love him. You yeah, know what I mean? Like yeah. his first line to me was like, I've got a, a cock that hangs below my knees. Wow. And you're like, okay. <sighs> and he literally pulls his leg out and he's got a rooster that's like, on a noose that's hanging below his knee. A I know. Tattoo. A tattoo. Wow. I know. <laughs> Gotta because love it. that is that's how he thinks. Gavin. But I remember hearing that song for the first time because it was at Underwear Took Me There. And you <laughs> and Mark and Rat were sitting on that ledge right by the sliding door. And there was the mm-hmm. pool table that was right there. And that song came on. I had never heard it before. And the three of you went berserk and i was like well if they like it it's got to be good right <laughs> oh my god right and so i'll never forget like that's how i started that was i i don't want to say my gateway into country because it was phil vassar for me but yeah oh. i remember thinking like wow and cool. I, love, I love phil vassar too because he's a guy that there's something special about a singer songwriter mm-hmm. i've always had a, like i'm not good at writing songs about putting that piece getting emotion you know just doing that but when someone has the ability to write a song create a story and an emotion which is why i love country so much is mm-hmm. because of the stories mm-hmm. you don't get 
you don't get as the depth of the stories in different songs, right? But country usually has that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Phil Vassar writes, sings, performs piano, and there's just a special respect for that person who says, "Hey, I'm actually going to do all this stuff." Yeah. That my songs and my performance. It was pretty cool. Yeah. I got a chance to meet Phil Vassar actually at a country (gasps) festival, which was cool. And I got to interview him and it went on like the big jumbotron, you know, like right before he went up and introduced him on stage, which was cool. And this haunted me later, but the station I was working for was Cow 97 in... <laughs> I know. Of course there was. I know. And we were camped out there for four days for this big country fest. And uh, I asked Phil Vaster, I said, boxers or briefs? <laughs> and he said, neither. And you could hear the whole crowd just lose their shit. Like, it was oh. so great. And then I went to interview for a station in Green Bay, Wisconsin, and someone at the inner, at the table was like, you're the girl that asked Phil Vassar if he was wearing boxers or briefs, didn't you? And I was like, oh, that was me. <laughs> How did you know? Said, yes, I am famous. That was me. Follows the... I wow. got the job, just so you know. So, um, so the moral of the story, ladies and gentlemen, is put yourself out there and ask the awkward questions. Yes. You don't know where it's going to go. Yes. And when the music moves you and you're among friends, let it loose, baby. <laughs> let it loose. Let uh, it loose. Uh, man, that's... Uh, that's so Very good. clear. I can see it. I've never been to McClure's, but I'm going to go because it's still there in Tustin. Yeah. Not hop, skip, and a jump from downtown fun. Burbank. Cool. Very cool. I've been preparing for this this day with you two for a very long time. I've been dreaming of visualizing that one day I would be in the Y-Tune Shuffle studios oh to share my special songs. The moment you told me, Maggie, that you do this thing with the story behind the song, I was like, oh, I have songs. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And one of them's for you. Oh, oh. God, God, love you. Th- All right. th- th- that's what we need. That's what this is. This is your home. Well, yeah. let's get into song number three, number shall we? Number three. Here we go. <laughs> Say no more. <laughs> on this heart of mine I keep my eyes wide open all the time I keep the ends out for the tie that binds because you're mine I walk the line of course Johnny Cash of course I, I can't wait to hear this yeah me too the essential Johnny Cash the essential now you could say hopefully Everybody has a Johnny Cash song in their top five. At least that's the way the world should be, in my opinion. (laughs) This one made it up there. (laughs) So this is when my wife and I had our first and only child, Valiant. Uh, He's seven now as we record this. He's just finishing first grade. His last day is tomorrow. Yay! Congratulations. He's an amazing young man, and he's just... He's an enigma, and I cannot wait to just know how he becomes the human he is. And when he was a baby, we knew that we wanted to have a nursery song, but I despised Barney and and all Lamb, that. Lamb, chop, play along. And that's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> so I realized you could sing a baby whatever you want. So the song we landed on was I Walk the Line, and yeah. I have I can't tell you how many nights I can just vividly, I can see in my mind right now, Go, you know, he wakes up and he nurses, and he's you know six months old. He's he's a year and a half old, and and I'd pick him up because I, I I always wanted to be a very active dad, 
And I believe I still am, right? I go into his his elementary school once a week and go read with the kids. Uh, I just, I always want to be a part of it. I never wanted to be a dad who's like, oh, well, I'm successful. You know, like yep. going back yep. to the my dad thing and, and me, I want to be successful, but I didn't want to be pulled apart. Mm-hmm. So my wife and I are very much on like, hey, we co-parent together and I have special time with him. She has special time with him. We have special time with all of us together. It's just, it's an important thing. And then there's independent time. I'm sure we find some of that. But I have so many memories of just, you know, going in the middle of the night and, you know, picking him up and he's still crying and, and just taking him over to, you know, back to his room, sitting in the rocking chair and, and just, just kind of rocking and just starting to sing this song. Yeah, it's beautiful. Keep a close watch on this heart of mine. See why I don't sing? But I would sing that to him and no, he didn't care. Man, he doesn't care. Great. No, it's yeah. great. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, yeah you sing. Yeah. And that was the lullaby. And we just sang it in this peaceful, wonderful thing. But that brings back... I miss those days. Like, you know, everyone, every parent says it goes so fast and it does. Mm. Right. And it's only been seven years, but I feel like it's, I mean, on one time it's been 70 years. Another time it's been seven days. You know? It'd be interesting mm-hmm. if Valiant, you know, finds Johnny Cash either through dad, mom or on his own. And he knows that story. I mean, a very special story for me. Uh, I don't know what triggered it, but I, I wanted to know. And I think, you know, it's all the leading up to this, but I asked my mother, can you recall what the very first song that I might have heard as a, as a, as a young child off the radio? And my mother said, oh, I, I know exactly what that is. <laughs> Where's she, your mom from? <laughs> Upstate New York. Oh. <laughs> or Central New York State. That's the Midwest. Right? I know exactly. Yeah, so we call it Christland, you know, because everybody goes, Christ almighty. It's right. A straight shot up at Route 81. Uh, <laughs> we refer to it as Christland. Um, uh, and so my mother knew immediately, uh, you know, I get around by the Beach Boys. <laughs> you know, and, and that was the first song that passed through my ears. And not unlike yourself, I've been around this world numerous times for 15 years. I traveled all over the world, spoke to kids, you know, a, a somewhat similar kind of motivational type thing. Yeah. But, uh, it's interesting, you know, like the, the impact that'll have on Valiant might be interesting down the road. Amazing. You know what my first song I remember from the radio was? Because mm-hmm. I remember it because I taped it off the radio, nice. pausing for commercials. <laughs> like with everything. a microphone taping it off? No, like I, I had a, a boom box and I put a cassette tape in it. Oh, gotcha. And yeah. then I hit record. Play, play and record. <laughs> yeah, play, exactly. Play and record <laughs> yeah. while the radio was on. It was uh, Don't Worry, Be Happy, Bobby McFerrin. Oh. Nice. And, and I had that tape over and over and over again. And uh, Matt, you know, I used to get so mad. You ever do this uh, when the radio, the DJ would talk over the first few seconds of the song? What yep. do you call that, Maggie? The thing you just showed me? Oh, the ramp up, the intro. The ramp the up. Ramp right? up. Yeah. So I'm taping my songs off the radio. And then the DJ is like, so anyway, and blah, 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 call letters. And I'm like, no, you're talking over my song intro. Because <laughs> I'm taping this for, you know. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't own the album. I'm sure that like radio people did that on purpose then because they knew that's what kids did. Oh. Don't record this. We're going to talk over it. We're going to ruin might your be intro. Some, yeah, I wonder yeah. if that might be like a legal thing that they used yeah. to do. I mean, <clears throat> that's a great little segment idea too. What's the first song you can remember from your childhood that was like powerful? It's a great question. Yeah. Don't worry. I, I haven't, I haven't no thought idea. about that in two decades. Yeah. Wow. wow. We're shuffling today, baby. Yeah, Aren't we? Are. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> song <laughs> number four. I 
wondered if you actually knew it or not. Just in case. <laughs> Were there any nuggets about its recent popularity and resurgence in the last few years? No, I did not get that far. Well, well that's the nugget I have for you. Well, how, well it was do tell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where does this song take you? Why is this in your top five, Faye Five? So, so the origin for me, the first time I ever heard this, shockingly, is going to be to do with professional wrestling. <laughs> uh, <yeah>. Shockingly. <laughs> Shockingly. Uh, so one of my, my favorite, so I, I got out of wrestling for a long time, right? In eighth grade, my, my best friend at the time, Anthony, was we had action figures and everything together. And then one day he, he was like, I said, I got the new set of five action figures. And he said, that's stupid. I don't like that stuff anymore. I'm like, <gasps> oh, I don't either. <laughs> so it became, right? So I quit Boy Scouts and I quit watching pro wrestling all at the same time because they were both nerdy things. Uh. So I missed the best <laughs> part of Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock and all that stuff in the late 90s and early 2000s. I was out. When I had a baby, I had a lot of downtime. And they just started putting out these like documentary kind of like style um, uh, films about particular wrestlers. Oh, so I watched great. one on like Macho Man Randy Savage. And I watched one on Hulk Hogan. And I said, oh, I remember these guys. Mm-hmm. And that kind of got me into it. And then I watched ones on newer guys. And before you know it, I'm hooked. I'm back in. You're now I, up, yeah. I watch Raw. I watch SmackDown. I watch every, I, I subscribe to the WWE Network. <laughs> 9.99 a month. Okay. 9.99 a month. It's like Netflix only better. <laughs> It's not my plug, it's theirs. <laughs> but so so I, I'm hooked, right? Like this is my thing. Now I'm I'm back into it. Yeah. You know? And one of the one of the guys who he's been in the news like you may have actually heard of this guy because he's been fighting in the UFC recently, CM Punk. Anyone? Nope. All right. So he fought in the last UFC uh for his second ever UFC match. And but he was he became like world champion in professional wrestling. And he came on as this kind of punk rocker guy. And then he wanted to renegotiate his contract. And, and one of the things he wanted was he said, I want new theme music. I want what I want a song that I want. Mm-hmm. And it was a very important like independence thing for him in the moment. So he asked for living color, cult of personality. Mm-hmm. He was great on the microphone because that's a big part of wrestling was you got to be really good on the mic. Yeah, right? You got to sure. do what they call cut a promo, right? You got to mm-hmm. be able to just say it and sell it. And, yeah. and he was so better than anyone. Get that audience pop. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. you got to get the pop. Mm-hmm. So he would come out to this. So I just, I love the song. I was like, that's so cool. So much better than your last song. And he was one of my favorite guys. I still got his t-shirt. You know what I mean? Like, I'm in. I'm a CM Punk guy. And so, so in the seminar business, this is where it ties in. Um, I decided one day, I said, I should have theme music. <laughs> How egotistical yeah. is this? No. But it's not. It's actually what it is. It's about the feel and experience you create for the attendees. So what we have is we do all sorts of music. I have uh, the same song, uh, The Beatles' Revolution, is the opening and the comeback song. So mm-hmm. every time the break is, you know, we take a break. 
And then we come back again for another section of learning. We all we always play music on the break, mm-hmm. and then we play the Beatles Revolution as the last song. And you know, so you want you say you want a revolution. Mm-hmm. It's all about that's they know it's time to come back in the room now. Mm. So it's that's just conditioning. It's, yeah, it, it's conditioning, and it's the experience they get. So mm-hmm. like today, it's it's not enough just to have a hotel and go okay, sit down and I'll teach you things. Mm-hmm. So we make we we make it fun and we make it enjoyable. When they're sitting around after registration, there's beach balls flowing around, mm-hmm. and it's like you know the, the seminars are kind of an epic experience. And uh, so then the MC comes up and he'll say, you know, welcome to the seminar and we got three days of personal development or whatever we're going to do. And and then he'll say and then he'll read my bio and say, you know, here's Matt and he was this and, he, you know, all the cool things about me and best selling author and blah, blah, blah. And then says, stand up and help me welcome Matt Browning. And and then my theme music is called a personality. Right. <laughs> so we get to play that song. I'm behind. a. It's so cool. I mean, there's. Like, you know, literally like a few hundred people or a hundred people in the room and I'm behind like, you know, the curtain and I get to have this moment that I am like, I'm not, (laughs) it's like being a rock star without the rock or the star, you know, like it's just, you get the moment of, this is a moment I get to give, I get to get this, I'm going to give the whole weekend to you, but this is the the 10 seconds I want for me. But, but, but it is, but you are a rock star in that moment. If you embrace it and love that song, I mean, um, mine is Marvin Gaye, you know, when it, it's the song that, and it's funny that I can't remember the actual title of it, which is why this is such a dumb show for me to love and, and do, is because I, I don't remember, but it, it's- Let's it's, Get It On, is it that it's, one? It's not the Let's Get It On, it's the one- Sexual Healing? No, it was the one that, it was the, we're gonna, oh, this is going to go crazy. I, I wish I didn't go down this rabbit hole, but the point I'm trying to make is- But it's is, some kind of sexual for, song, for, that's for, for sure. For me to go on stage with this song by Marvin Gaye- Ain't No which Mountain is, High Enough? It's the one that, that was supposedly copied by, what's his name, son? Uh, Gotta Give It Up? Yeah. Yeah, you got no. a nugget, not song name though. Uh, I want to see one of your seminars, but you have not, a theme song. Yeah, I have a theme song, and when you have a theme song and you get out there, you are a rock star, and it's important because I believe that inhale is a, is inspiration and exhale is music, and I don't think mm. we can have anything worth a damn artistically unless there wasn't some sort of a beat or a pulse or a rhythm that kind of led to it, and I believe that's true for every art and i believe it's true for spirituality too i mean i, I just do so have you hey. been a, are you a fan of guardians of the galaxy movies yes i am are you a fan of baby driver uh that was a good one did you see that no oh you should baby driver you love it yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. It's, really cool. it's a movie that's built around the the musical themes theme songs of his life it's it's really interesting and really well done. guardians of the galaxy was a big influence of the show uh, and that makes perfect. I yeah. love that, right? And, yeah, and Val yeah, loves yeah. the soundtrack. Yeah, mm-hmm. loves that's the so soundtrack. cool. Yeah. And how yeah. important each. One, yeah, that's it. Maggie, you can't move us on. We are talking about Marvel <laughs> movies. We I got see Chad, it in your eyes. We got Chad Ridgely coming in. We got the other half. We got to move this. I got to record my podcast yeah, after yeah. this. God, we'll, well, we'll have you back a hundred times. We're not done. No. Jeez, there's another song, you guys. No, that's what, that's what we're, wait. I need to plug my podcast. Go ahead. I'm just kidding. Go. <laughs> Two, three. You do. You run a very awesome podcast. And this is five. This, some, yeah, this is song that five. you've been on. I have been on it. What's the name of it again? It's called the Purpose Driven Entrepreneur. That's right. The Purpose Driven. I subscribe to it. The Purpose Driven Entrepreneur on Download iTunes, it. Spotify, Stitcher, iHeart. It's on iHeart. Good. Yeah. In three, two, one. Circle back. Well, I started out down a dirty road. Started out. 
story behind the song? Yeah, like how he came to write this. I don't know that story. That I know. I, I a lot of like people think that it's about drugs because it makes sense. Like it's Learning to fly. Learning to fly. It's not at all. I love it. Talk. talk. What is yeah, that? he saw an interview with a pilot on television and he was like, learning to fly is easy. It's coming down. That's hard. <laughs> and that's where he got the inspiration to write the song. And that's it. I, I, you know, it's it's absolutely true that John Lennon's uh, song, uh, which was, um, you know, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. absolutely not about drugs. Right. You know, and, and I... That was a big part of the, sh- the spiel when I would talk to kids about, you know, influences and normative beliefs and you know, neurochemistry. Was yeah. Like, yeah. So do, do we have a, a nugget about Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds? Yeah. Uh, Julian was uh, drawing on the floor. And oh, John that's said, right. Well, you know, what is that? It's Lucy, it's Lucy in, the in the Sky, sky with, with Diamonds. diamonds. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sure Valiant amazing. could relate. Yeah. <laughs> that's so good. Well, what's Matt's story? Yeah. So, so my story is, so first, thank you for playing two songs from the same artist, my favorite artist. Up first. Yes, Up first on Y2 Is it really? Shuffle. Yes, it is. Well, and here's what's funny. I actually struggle with, you know, so you said, send me your songs. And I'm like, oh, what should, you know, I had seven or eight songs that all had stories and something in there. And I thought, what, you know, what, what's the final piece? And I'm like, yes, I got to circle back to Tom Petty because he's, he's been such a huge influence. So an influence all the way from my mother and, and wrestling that we used to watch together. And remember, I didn't say this either, but my mom and I, we did a lot of stuff together. She's a stay-at-home mom, and we watched. She watched wrestling with me, and I watched General Hospital with her. Oh, right. So I, oh, I was all Luke and Laura and Scorpio and the whole thing. <laughs> I was in. I was in the eighties, and uh, so my mom was always Tom Petty was really special to me and my mom. When I met my now wife Lola, we met at a birthday party at that same house, going all the way back full circle, just before I. Uh, lost the house right wow and, and sold it that long ago huh yeah yeah we met in 2008 wow and when we met um it was a really interesting it was a full god thing right like it was this thing where i met this girl at a birthday party and we just had this amazing uh chemistry we just talked and but i didn't intend to ever date mm-hmm. um i was staunchly single and and she was i've been hurt and you know you know that thing where i've been hurt i've been hurt too good let's never date okay perfect <laughs> yes, yes, yes. right 10 years later here's our, our boy um the valiant but like we we met and we had no intention of anything. I just thought, wow, you're wonderful. And when I I met her at this birthday party, that was uh, a bunch of artistic people got together. And what they did is everybody for somebody's birthday, the gift was they did some kind of art for them. One person painted something, someone else stood up and read a poem. And what Lola wanted to do was she stood up and she wanted to sing a song. Aww. Now she's been in choir and she sang at church when she was a kid. And she, I mean, she's been singing her entire life. So she has just the most beautiful voice you've ever heard in your entire life, at least in my entire life, I promise you. And, um, but she, she played guitar terribly. <laughs> so I'm watching this, this really sweet, beautiful young girl get up with all the courage in the world and start playing guitar. And it, it, it was really bad. Like it was, <laughs> 
But then she, and she, hang on, let me start over. But then she started singing. And do you remember the scene in Wayne's World when Wayne first saw Cassandra? Does anybody remember that, right? And she's playing this hardcore punk rock, but all of a sudden it's like, Dream Weaver. Yeah. You know, like over, and that's, and he's just sucked in. He just hears this melodic voice. It was like that same moment for me. Yeah. And I just, I didn't hear anything else going on. It was just, I just like, oh my gosh, who is this person singing? And I had to know her. So we talked for like four hours. And then at the end, I walked her to her car and I said, it was so nice meeting you. She said, same to you. And she looked at me and then I said, well, bye. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like, okay. And she got in her car and left. And I didn't, I, I thought, okay. I, I thought that was a nice chance meeting. Maybe I'll see her again. And she was like, what is wrong with this guy? How come he didn't get my number? So I didn't do anything. She didn't do anything. There was no real Facebook or anything at that point. It was, you know, 10 years ago. I guess it was barely. I, it was only it was for like still Canadi- MySpace. It was kind like of, yeah, yeah, it was MySpace, and then Facebook was for Canadians and like college students. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. basically it. So so I didn't use it. Um, so a couple weeks later, there's a birthday party at my house, and who shows up to that? Invited from a friend of a friend, Lola. Wow. And we thought it was amazing. It was really cool, and we we're hanging out a little bit and talking, had a wonderful time. And then her ride with, hey, we're leaving. She goes, okay, I guess I have to go. I was like, okay, well, bye. Good to see you again. And she's like, bye, Aww. and she left. I'm, I didn't know what I was doing. I'm just an idiot. So I, this is a terrible story because I should have like, you're the one, get back here. But I just thought, I'll let her be and you never know. And then a third time, this is all within two, three weeks. We're having a bonfire at the beach with some friends. Who shows up? Lola comes again. Wow. And I brought my guitar. I'm, I'm not very good, but I've been playing since I was 14. So you know, I, I can play some songs and whatever. And, and here's where it all comes full circle. We're sitting at the bonfire. I'm playing guitar. And um, she says, do you know any songs? I said, how about this one? And we both knew Learning to Fly. And so I'm playing Learning to Fly on the guitar. And she's singing the lyrics. And we just had this this magic moment under the moonlight at the bonfire at Dockweiler Beach, right down mm-hmm. underneath the, the airport wow. you yeah, know, yeah. Um, line. And, and, and we just played that song. And that kind of became, it was the only song that we sort of could both play together. Yeah. So, so over the years, we'll always every now and again, I'll pull up my guitar and I'll just boom, start playing that song, and and then she'll sing. I try to sing, but I basically mouth the words so I don't mess it up, and uh-huh. uh, and we just keep playing, learning to fly. You know, it's it's so if if there was ever a theme song for like our life together and our marriage and the love we have, um, I mean, she was my first tattoo. You know, I got several tattoos, but my first one was my wedding ring because I figured, you know, I hadn't I didn't get a tattoo until I was thirty five years old. I, you know, my mother. You can do whatever you want to your hair. Don't tattoo yourself and no piercing. So mm. I never got a tattoo, never got a piercing, but had long hair as a kid. So when I finally broke skin and thought, I'm going to get something. This is really permanent. So I wanted to look what's the most permanent thing in my life that I believe will never change. And I thought, that's a good thing to start with. So I'll start with my marriage because I just, like, we're one of us is going to die and that's how it's going to end. Wow. You know, we are together. And, uh, and I couldn't do anything I do without my wife. She's my rock. She's my shield. She... She's just amazing, and uh, well, honey, that song's for you. You're very musical. Just listening to your story and and how music ties in, it's exactly you know what this show seeks. And and wow, I mean, I, you play a little guitar, but there's just so much of your life that seems to have a beat and a rhythm. <laughs> it's no surprise. It's funny that I never noticed that. If you asked me before this, are you musical? Or are you like, is that an important part of your life? I'd probably tell you no. 
But once I talked to Maggie and you said, this is, you know, I'm listening to iTunes Shuffle and mm -hmm. I love the podcast. And then I started asking, like, do I have like a soundtrack? Maybe I have a soundtrack to my life. <laughs> and it's <laughs> internal. It's really I mean, cool. I just get a sense of an internal beat and a rhythm that mm. I think is required. If you're going to do all the things that you do, you know, you got to have a little bit of a beat. So very cool. Good, good, good. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome. This has yeah. been great. Thank you. Thank We're you for having me. It's been a lot of fun. <laughs> Thank you for sharing all of your songs. I just, I love all of them. They're really fun to research. And this is the part of the show where you and I get to play together because David's going to take over with a little game we call Band Name or Bar Name. That's right. That's the time of the show where <laughs> all of the world oh, it's getting hangs on the edge of their seat after all these beautiful, wonderful moments of song. We're about to play Y-Tune Shuffle, Bar Name or Band Name. Is it one or is it the other? And Matt... Today, we're going to travel out to San Bernardino, California. Why are we I'm going sure. there? Well, that was the serial killer's choice from last week. Oh, dear. Yeah, right? Uh, the serial <laughs> He's a serial killer yeah. now? <laughs> yeah. You know what? It's Mr. our story. Let's tell it the way we yeah. want it. Mr. K. Um, <clears throat> so, in any case, uh, we are in San Bernardino, California. All right, Matt? Now, you've been there, I'm sure, right? You've been to San Bernardino? Not often, but yes. Okay. So, you might be a ringer on this. Um, I'm going to suggest that Maggie, you and I go out to hear some music. I first suggest we go to uh, the Screamin' Chicken <laughs> to, hear, to hear Evil Plan play what? their music. Yes. Uh, and then I stop myself and say, wait a minute, that's not right. What we're going to do is we're going to go grab some food at Evil Plan and we're going to hear Screamin' Chicken Throw it out of the park. <laughs> We're in San Bernardino, California, kids. Which one is it? Band name or bar name? Is the Screaming Chicken the name of a band or a bar? Or is Evil Plan the name of a band or a bar? Ready? Get set. Think. <laughs> so this is where we just think? <laughs> yeah, just think. think out loud. I got my answer. Wh what do you think? I mean... I I'm going to go with the obvious and not think he's trying to double cross us and uh -huh. go Screaming Chicken is the bar. And Evil Plan is the band. I was gonna go the other way, man. I was thinking Screaming Chicken was like the like a joke band, you know, like a comedy <laughs> band. You're right. And then the Evil Plan was like that's they do drugs in San Bernardino. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> well, as usual, players, I am just so blown away at the effort and thought that goes into your. <laughs> Working out the world's dumbest game ever. It's a lot of logic here. <laughs> yeah. In math, they said show your work. So, so here we go. Uh, yeah. we're, we're about to make a left out of uh, off of Central Ave onto one eight one six nine Cajon Boulevard in San Bernardino, <laughs> and we're going to pull into the parking lot of the Screaming Chicken. Wow. Come on! Yeah. Yeah. Tonight they got Evil Plan playing tonight, and believe me, Evil Plan was born. January of 2009, just about the time you were being reborn in many ways, I think, right, Matt? <laughs> in many ways, 2008, yeah. Yeah. Uh, From a collection of songs, riffs, and lyrics based from the heart, soul, and years of writing from Ryan Vaughn, guitarist, Glug, Zero Belly, Forsake the Flesh. <laughs> Glug. <laughs> yeah, these guys rock out. Evil Plan continues to make great music, and uh, if you want to check out their music, they're on Sonic Bids. You can hear them on Amazon and iTunes. Evil Plan. That's this week's band and they worked, band name and bar name. It worked all along. Yes. Do not look up Screaming Chicken on iTunes. It, no, <laughs> please. No, you'll be, you'll not be you'll be lost. Well played. Well played, Matt. Thank you. Well, now it's your turn to take us anywhere in the world for next week's guest. You can pick a place. Oh, I get to pick a place. You for get your to next pick. Week. Yeah. yeah. Where I'm going to research a band name and a bar name. 
Oh, that's really fun. You know, I'm going to pick the place where we're going to be moving at the end of the summer, Grand Rapids, Michigan. You're going to Grand Rapids, Michigan? We are. Wow. Wait, you're moving? Yeah, we're moving. Like, your family, you're moving there? I didn't tell you this yet. Oh, my God, what? Let's do it on the air. I'm moving to Michigan. Why? Oh, to be, uh, it's all a spiritual move. So, okay. yeah, you know, we're really heavy into ministry as well. Besides being an entrepreneur, we help to, to lead and pastor in a church. And the main hub of our church is in Grand Rapids. And we're going to go spend some time with the leaders and everyone back there and uh, continue to grow uh, in our spiritual walk and uh, and con- just continue the process. Holy Eight Holy, life that's grand. Amazing. Eight wow. life grand. Wow. Well, wow. congrats, Matt. Yeah, oh so my next gosh. week, Grand Rapids. <laughs> The Browningers are going back to the Midwest <laughs> for the first time. There you go. All right. Okay. Well, we're, it's, thank you for dropping that truth bomb. <laughs> I'm a little a flustered now. End? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So thinking very hard then, I would love to hear the memory of your very first concert. Ever. We all would. Ever. Not just me. My very first concert. I was 13 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pink Floyd. <gasps> what? The Division Bell Tour. Wow. And I know. Dave's over there with his mouth agap. <laughs> what is so, how do you see... What, what's the shock about that, though? I'm so curious. Just Pink Floyd. I mean, you're a little bit younger than I am. And I mean, I'm from the gener- I'm from the wall generation. You're from the... Right. Yeah. And it's yeah. just like, wow. So Who'd I you never, go with? Yeah. So I went with my brother and, uh, and my dad. Um, Your dad. Oh, yeah, yeah. My brother and my dad. My dad was all into Pink Floyd. My brother all into Pink Floyd. Oh. So... I got into Pink Floyd. Now, I I still, I didn't care, and I still don't care about the Division Bell album at all, Uh right? But it was just, it was this experience of like, this is what it feels like to be grown up. Mm. (laughs) You get get to go to a concert. Like, this is, like, when I was a kid, they would go to a concert, and I'm a kid. I'm going to stay and watch cartoons. Now, I get to go stay up late at night, listen to this music, like, and I didn't know any of the songs. Like, I, I knew, like, you know, Another Brick in the Wall. Literally, that was it. Right. But I, in my second concert ever, you didn't ask that, but I'm going to tell you, was the Eagles, because you'll appreciate that, in the Hell Freezes Over tour. So that was ni- 93 and then 94. I was 13, then 14 years old. Wow. And when I went to the Eagles, I love all their albums now. Mm. But the only song I knew was Take It Easy. Oh, my gosh. But I went to that freaking concert, concert. and just loved being in the presence of of music and being at a concert and being with my family and it was phenomenal. Same scenario, dad Same scenario, brother. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember smelling anything different for the first time? No. Okay. <laughs> not, no, not there. The first time I actually smelled anything different at a concert was also at a Tom Petty concert. <sighs> nice. How many times have you seen Tom Petty? Uh, I think four. I think four. Yeah, not like 50 or like four. I've seen Steve Miller band probably more than anything. Mm-hmm. Seven times. It was this ish. time last year. It was at the Arroyo Festival and Tom Petty was the wow. headliner on Saturday night. Wow. Yeah. That's special. That is special. Was well, great. what was the last show you saw? What was the last concert? You know, I hate to say this. When you asked me that earlier, you said, what's the first and last? I'm like, I remember Pink Floyd. I don't know that I can actually remember my last concert. Ever since I've been a parent... I haven't gone to a lot of concerts, and sure. and and I'm sad about that. Um, <laughs> I, I I go to I go to wrestling shows, mm-hmm. kind of like a concert. <laughs> Probably the last real concert we went to was, was it might have been five years ago. Val was two. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. It was a Yo Gabba Gabba concert. Oh my God. Do you know what it is? Oh, oh. the musician, the um, 
Isn't he a cellist? No. That's Yo Yo Ma, right? No, Yo Gabba Gabba. Yeah, Yo Gabba Gabba is kind of like uh, it, it's a kid's show oh, stop with like, it. yeah, look it up. Google this thing. It came right up. Yeah, of course it did. So <laughs> they're um, they're kind of like Teletubbies almost, but oh, okay. and they sing these songs. And in their shows, they. Hmm. Aww, you did it for your two year old. Don't stop, don't give Today, up. Today, we're going to dance. So, everyone, get up. Come on, everyone, stand up because. We can't even clap. <laughs> it's time to dance. Yeah. Are you ready? Yeah. Oh, this is great. Are you ready? They're like, yeah. Monsters. This is well, really great. It's time to dance. Yeah, look dance. up your Gabba Gabba. Go, 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 go. You know all the words, don't you? So this is the worst part, right? So we went to a Yo Gabba Gabba concert with my two-year-old, and it was just uh, at the Honda Center in Anaheim, yeah. and it was packed. I'm sure. With like forlorn faces and families and a bunch of little kids that aren't going to remember it ever. My son still has no idea we went. Yeah. <laughs> but mostly it was, and here's the saddest part. I'll end with this. The saddest thing was... I'm standing up there. We're in the balcony at right? Cheap Seats because what does he care? Yeah. yeah. And they came out on stage all dressed up. And they're like, yummy, yummy in my tummy. <laughs> I'm having carrots in my tummy. Carrots, yummy, yum. And like, what, I kid you not, when they started singing yummy, yummy in my tummy, I popped. I was like, oh, I know this one. <laughs> <laughs> and I knew all the songs. So that was probably the last fan. real concert I went to, and that's very sad, but that's uh, that's oh, the way to end wonderful. this. <laughs> wonderful. Well, Matt, this has been educational and fun, and it's been fun to kind of walk down memory lane with you a little bit, and I'm so glad that you're here and that you and Dave got to connect. Um, before we let you go, this is this is your moment to shine. Promote the heck away. How do we find you? What are you up to? How do we stay in touch with you? I would love that. Well, the easiest thing since you're on a podcast is check out my podcast. If you are an entrepreneur or a budding entrepreneur or you know an entrepreneur, or if, if you want to learn and grow, it's called the Purpose Driven Entrepreneur Podcast. I'll put a link to it. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And my name is Matt Browning. It's a German spelling. It's B-R-A-U-N-I-N-G. So you can go to mattbrowning.com. You can find me on social media at, at Matt Browning, uh, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. Anywhere you want to look for me, you'll probably find me at Matt Browning. Uh, but check out the podcast. You just search my name in, in iTunes and you'll find it. So there you okay. go. Okay, perfect. Thank you for being on the show. David, thank you for being the perfect co-host and oh, Hollywood's secret weapon. This is so much fun. And uh, if you haven't already, like, subscribe, and share Y-Tune Shuffle on all the socials at Y-Tune Shuffle. And thank you so much for listening. I'm Maggie Mayfield, and this has been Y-Tune Shuffle. <laughs> Matt-tastic. <laughs> <laughs> Woo-hoo. <laughs>